Chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Of Catina Aria, commentary in the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 21 through 23. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which has sent him. Augustine, having said that the Father would show the Son greater works than these, he proceeds to describe these greater works. For as the Father raises up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. These are plainly greater works, for it is more of a miracle that a dead man should rise again than that a sick man should recover. We must not understand from the words that some are raised by the Father, others by the Son, but that the Son raises to life the same whom the Father raiseth. And to guard against any one saying, the Father raises the dead by the Son, the former by his own power, the latter like an instrument by another power, he asserts distinctly the power of the Son. The Son quickeneth whom he will. Observe here not only the power of the Son, but also his will. Father and Son have the same power and will. The Father willeth nothing distinct from the Son, but both have the same will, even as they have the same substance. Hilary. For to will is the free power of a nature, which by the act of choice resteth in the blessedness of perfect excellence. Augustine, but who are these dead whom the Father and Son raised to life? He alludes to the general resurrection which is to be, not to the resurrection of those few who were raised to life, that the rest might believe, as Lazarus who rose again to die afterwards. Having said then, for as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, to prevent our taking the words to refer to the dead whom he raised up for the sake of the miracle, and not to the resurrection to life eternal. He adds, For the Father judgeth no man, thus showing that he spoke of the resurrection of the dead, which would take place at the judgment. Or the words, As the Father raiseth up the dead, etc., refer to the resurrection of the soul. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, to the resurrection of the body. For the resurrection of the soul takes place by the substance of the Father and the Son, and therefore it is the work of the Father and the Son together. But the resurrection of the body takes place by a dispensation of the Son's humanity, which is a temporal dispensation, and not coeternal with the Father. But see how the word of Christ leads the mind in different directions, not allowing it any carnal resting place, but by variety of motion exercising it, by exercise purifying it, by purifying enlarging its capacity, and after enlarging filling it. He said just before that the Father showed what things soever he did to the Son. So I saw, as it were, the Father working and the Son waiting, now again I see the Son working, the Father resting. Augustine, for this, viz., that the Father hath given all judgment unto the Son, 
does not mean that he begat the son with this attribute as is meant in the words so hath he given to the son to have life in himself for if so it would not be said the father judgeth no man because in that the father begat the son equal he judgeth with the son what is meant is that in the judgment not the form of god but the form of the son of man will appear not because he will not judge who hath given all judgment to the son since the son says of him below there is one that seeketh and judgeth but the father judgeth no man i e no one will see him in the judgment but all will see the son because he is the son of man even the ungodly who will look on him whom they pierced hilary having said that the son quickeneth whom he will in order that we might not lose sight of the nativity and think that he stood upon the ground of his own unborn power he immediately adds for the father judgeth no man but hath given all judgment unto the son in that all judgment is given to him both his nature and his nativity are shown because only a self-existent nature can possess all things and nativity cannot have anything except what is given it chrysostom as he gave him life i e begot him living so he gave him judgment i e begot him a judge gave it is said that thou mayest not think him unbegotten and imagine two fathers all judgment because he has the awarding both of punishment and reward hilary all judgment is given to him because he quickens whom he will nor can the judgment be looked on as taken away from the father inasmuch as the cause of his not judging is that the judgment of the son is his for all judgment is given from the father and the reason for which he gives it appears immediately after that all men may honor the son even as they honor the father chrysostom for lest you should infer from hearing that the author of his power was the father any difference of substance or inequality of honor he connects the honor of the son with the honor of the father showing that both have the same but shall men then call him father god forbid he who calls him the father does not honor the son equally with the father but confounds both augustine first indeed the son appeared as a servant and the father was honored as god but the son will be seen to be equal to the father that all men may honor the son even as they honor the father but what if persons are found who honor the father and do not honor the son it cannot be he that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father which hath sent him it is one thing to acknowledge god as god and another to acknowledge him as the father when thou acknowledgest god the creator thou acknowledgest an almighty supreme eternal invisible immutable spirit when thou acknowledgest the father thou dost in reality acknowledge the son for he could not be the father had he not the son but if thou honor the father as greater the son is less so far as thou givest less honor to the son thou takest away from the honor of the father for thou in reality thinkest that the father could not or would not beget the son equal to himself which if he would not do he was envious 
if he could not, he was weak, or that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father, as reference to the resurrection of souls, which is the work of the Son as well as of the Father, but the resurrection of the body is meant in what comes after. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father that sent him. Here is no as. The man Christ is honored, but not as the Father who sent him. Since with respect to his manhood, he himself saith, My father is greater than I. But someone will say, If the Son is sent by the Father, he is inferior to the Father. Leave thy fleshly actions and understand a mission, not a separation. Human things deceive, divine things make clear, although even human things give testimony against thee. E.g., if a man offers marriage to a woman, and cannot obtain her by himself, he sends a friend, greater than himself, to urge his suit for him. But see the difference in human things. A man does not go with him whom he sends, but the father who sent the son never ceased to be with the son. As we read, I am not alone, but the father is with me. Augustine. It is not, however, as being born of the father that the son is said to be sent but from his appearing in the world, as the word made flesh. As he says, I went forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Or from his being received into our minds individually, as we read, Send her that she may be with me, and may labor with me. Hilary. The conclusion then stands good against all the fury of heretical minds. He is the Son, because he does nothing of himself. He is God, because whatsoever things the Father doeth, he doeth the same. They are one, because they are equal in honor. He is not the Father, because he is sent. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Gloss. Having said that the Son quickeneth whom he will, he next shows that we attain to life through the Son. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life. Augustine. If hearing and believing is eternal life, how much more in understanding? But the step to our piety is faith, the fruit of faith understanding. It is not believeth on me, but on him that sent me. Why is one to hear his word and believe another? Is it not that he means to say, his word is in me? And what is heareth my word, but heareth me? And it is believeth on him that sent me as to say, he that believeth on him believeth on his word, i.e. on me, because I am the word of the Father. Chrysostom. Or he did not say, he that heareth my words and believeth on me, as they would have thought this empty boasting and arrogance. To say, believeth on him that sent me, was a better way of making his discourse acceptable. To this end, he says two things one that he who hears him believes on the Father, the other that he who hears and believes shall not come into condemnation. Augustine, 
but who is this favored person will there be any one better than the apostle paul who says we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ now judgment sometimes means punishment sometimes trial in the sense of trial we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ in the sense of condemnation we read some shall not come into judgment i e shall not be condemned it follows but is passed from death unto life not is now passing but hath passed from the death of the unbelief into the life of faith from the death of sin unto the life of righteousness or it is so said perhaps to prevent our supposing that faith would save us from bodily death the penalty which we must pay for adam's transgression he in whom we all then were heard the divine sentence thou shalt surely die nor can we evade it but when we have suffered the death of the old man we shall receive the life of the new and by death make a passage to life but to what life to life everlasting the dead shall rise again at the end of the world and enter into everlasting life for this life does not deserve the name of life only that life is true which is eternal augustine we see the lovers of this present transitory life so intent on its welfare that when in danger of death they will take any means to delay its approach though they cannot hope to drive it off altogether if so much care and labor then is spent on gaining a little additional length of life how ought we to strive after life eternal and if they are thought wise who endeavor in every way to put off death though they can live but a few days longer how foolish are they who so live as to lose the eternal day verses twenty five and twenty six verily verily i say unto you the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and they that hear shall live for as the father hath life in himself so hath he given to the son to have life in himself augustine someone might ask thee the father quickeneth him who believes on him but what of thee dost thou not quicken observe thou that the son also quickens whom he will verily verily i say unto you the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and they that hear shall live chrysostom after the hour cometh he adds and now is to let us know that it will not be long before it comes for as in the future resurrection we shall be roused by hearing his voice speaking to us so is it now theophylact here he speaks with a reference to those whom he was about to raise from the dead viz the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue the son of the widow and lazarus augustine or he means to guard against our thinking that the being passed from death to life refers to the future resurrection its meaning being that he who believes is past and therefore he says verily verily i say unto you the hour cometh what hour and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and they that hear shall live he saith not because they live they hear but in consequence of hearing they come to life again but what is hearing but obeying 
For they who believe and do according to the true faith live and are not dead, whereas those who believe not, or believing live a bad life and have not love, are rather to be accounted dead. And yet that hour is still going on and will go on, the same hour to the end of the world. As John says, it is the last hour. Augustine, when the dead, i.e. unbelievers, shall hear the voice of the Son of God, i.e. the gospel, and they that hear, i.e. who obey, shall live, i.e. be justified, and no longer remain in unbelief. Augustine, but someone will ask, hath the Son life, whence those who believe will live? Hear his own words. As the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Life is original and absolute in him, cometh from no other source, dependeth on no other power. He is not as if he were partaker of a life, which is not himself, but has life in himself, so as that he himself is his own life. Hear, O dead soul, the Father, speaking by the Son, arise that thou mayest receive that life which thou hast not in thyself and enter into the first resurrection. For this life, which the Father and the Son are, pertaineth to the soul, and is not perceived by the body. The rational mind only discovers the life of wisdom. Hilary, the heretics driven hard by scripture proofs, are obligated to attribute to the Son, at any rate, a likeness in respect of virtue to the Father. But they do not admit a likeness of nature, not being able to see that a likeness of virtue could not arise but from a likeness of nature, as an inferior nature can never attain to the virtue of a higher and better one. And it cannot be denied that the Son of God has the same virtue with the Father when he says, What things soever the Father doeth, the same doeth the Son likewise. But an express mention of the likeness of nature follows, as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. In life are comprehended nature and essence. And the Son, as he hath it, so hath he it given to him. For the same which is life in both is essence in both. And the life, i.e. essence, which is begotten from life, is born, though not born unlike the other. For being life from life, it remains like in nature to its origin. Augustine. The Father must he understand not to have given life to the Son, who was existing without life, but so to have begotten him, independently of time, that the life which he gave him in begetting was coeternal with his own. Hilary. Living born from living, hath the perfection of nativity without the newness of nature, for there is nothing new implied in generation from living to living, the life not coming at its birth from nothing, and the life which derives its birth from life must by the unity of nature and the sacrament of a perfect birth both be in the living being and have the being who lives it in itself. Weak human nature indeed is made up of unequal elements, and brought to life out of inanimate matter. Nor does the human offspring live for some time after it is begotten. Neither does it wholly live from life, since much grows up in it 
insensibly and decays insensibly but in the case of god the whole of what he is lives for god is life and from life can nothing be but what is living augustine given to the son then has the meaning of begat the son for he gave him the life by begetting as he gave him being so he gave him to have life in himself so that the son did not stand in need of life to come to him from without but was in himself the fullness of life whence others i e believers received their life what then is the difference between them this that one gave the other received chrysostom the likeness is perfect in all but one respect viz that in point of essence one is the father the other the son hilary for the person of the receiver is distinct from that of the giver it being inconceivable that one and the same person should give to and receive from himself he who lives of himself is one person he who acknowledges an author of his life is another end of chapter five verses twenty one through twenty six